Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, welcome to the main event of the morning. In the category of ecclesiastical champion, in Christ's one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, in the red corner, weighing in with centuries of Old Testament wisdom, with a record of way too many losses, but some impressive, miraculous, sea-parting victories, the chosen people, the Israelites, the Jews! (laughs) And their opponents in the blue corner, waning with centuries of clever philosophy, with some hemlock losses and Olympian victories, the Greeks, the barbarians, the Gentiles! (laughs) Fighters, take your places. Let's get ready to One of the most challenging issues in the early church was the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. And today's letter to the Ephesians addresses this problem, this conflict that almost broke the church at the beginning. It caused conflicts and uh, splits and squabbles in the first century church among the very first churches. Now, of course, when the first Christians read this letter to the Ephesians, all conflict stopped at the church of Ephesus. And all conflict in the Christian church ever since, right? Yeah, not, not so much. So how do we find our unity as Christians? Well, one response to the problem of church unity over the ages has been what I call the knockout option. One group wins, one group loses. You achieve unity by knocking out or pushing out those who disagree with you. And this approach has been used by both traditional and progressive church leaders. Show up, stack the vestry, stack the annual meeting, stack all the leadership positions with people who are in your theological camp. Squeeze out those who do not agree. Eventually, you have a church, you have a gathering of like-minded persons. Victory, right? Maybe. Maybe not. Another response to the problem of church unity over the ages has been what I call the nice is right option. Repeat after me, nice is right. Now, in this approach, what's very important is that we all are very nice to each other. That we all get along, because this is church after all, so we should be very nice to each other. And in this approach, we don't talk about controversial things, we don't talk about difficult things, and we only challenge bad behavior, bad doctrine, bad teaching, if we're absolutely forced to. Because that way, everyone is happy and everyone is content because we aren't rocking the boat. And very soon, You have a gathering, you have a church of people committed to the lowest common denominator. Victory, right? Maybe. Maybe not. Another approach that has been taken over the ages is what I call the your turn, my turn option. So repeat after me, your turn. My turn. In this approach, the idea is that every group, every faction in the church gets to have their way time. So you guys can run this is, this is our program and we're going to do it our way. 
And people that take this approach because either one, they don't have the guts or the power to knock out the other groups, or they simply think it is more fair-minded and practical. Eventually, you have a gathering, you have a church, where everyone has their respective turf. And as long as everybody knows where everybody's respective turf starts and stops, it's all good. Victory, right? Maybe. Maybe not. And now for something that's a bit frightening, but also a bit amusing, at least as far as I'm concerned. In 1996, former, and let me stress former with a red pen, former pastor, Eric Harris, burned down the Kentucky Missionary Baptist Church in Saline, Arkansas. And when the federal prosecutor asked him why he did it, Harris replied in this way, quote, There was a division among church members, and they needed a project to unify them. End of quote. Probably worked. Today's lesson from the letter to the Ephesians also provides a means of achieving church unity that does not involve arson. We find it in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 19. It says, So then you, now who's the you? The Jews and the Gentiles. But we might expand that today as we think about things. We might think Jews and Gentiles, liberal and conservative, Democrat and Republican, gay and straight, upper class and working class, male and female, long-time St. John's people, new to St. John's people, lifelong Dubuqueers, and new to Dubuqueers. So that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens of the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, Jesus, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple into the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. So our unity as Christians, as a church, is to be found in the shepherd, Jesus Christ. Now you might protest or disagree with the politics of the person in the next pew. You might also not understand the person in one of these other pews because they're from a different generation. Or they come from different experiences. That's okay. But if you can come together to this one altar, to receive the one Lord in the Eucharist, then with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can find a way to be spiritual family to each other. What is our stance? What is our purpose here in the Eucharist? What is our policy? God. God is revealed in the life and teachings and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything we do must flow from this central Christian conviction. Everything we do from worshiping, to discipling, to forgiving, to welcoming and serving. Everything we do must flow from that central Christian conviction. Now, if you and I set aside Christ as the cornerstone, then our house will fall. Our temple will collapse. We will have lost the fight. 
We will cease to be a church in all but name. So I urge you, in the name of trying God, pursue church unity. But not through the lesser options of knockout, nice and dry, your turn, my turn, that you and I are often very comfortable with. But instead, pursue church unity through the life and teaching and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Question. Will there still be conflicts? Yes. Will there still be disagreements? Of course. But if we are all seeking Christ together, and if we are seeking to be disciples and not just churchgoers, then we will be able to find unity in the person of Jesus Christ and in the great commandment of Jesus Christ, to love God and love neighbor. Even while we respectfully, maybe sometimes passionately disagree. Ladies and gentlemen, wait. Who is that man stepping into the ring? It's none other than Jesus Christ. He steps between the two fighters. He takes the hand of the Gentiles, he takes the hand of the Jews, and he brings them together. And the judges, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit render a unanimous decision. Victory by unity. Amen.